Something that I've been thinking about a lot recently has been the question, do we create ourselves in life or do we discover what's already within? As part of my 12-part mini-series where I interview 12 wildly successful individuals, I asked it to James Gould. Gould is the guy behind many of the things that you grew up watching, seeing, and the athletes that you saw on the fields, from creating a firm representing over 100 NFL and NBA superstars, to being the guy who made many acclaimed Broadway musicals happen, like Hairspray and Spider-Man and Smokey Joe's Cafe. He even was the main investor who cashed out when he saw an opportunity in Build-A-Bear, not to mention he's climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. This guy knows mindset he knows success and he's got a lot of really interesting things to say so i encourage you to stay tuned but for now listen to his reply when i asked him the question do we create ourselves in life or do we discover what's already within i'd love to get your opinion on this when you idea that we don't find ourselves we create ourselves and i would just love to hear your take on that because you spoke about finding yourself you know and traveling in europe and doing all these you know really cool things what about creating yourself? Well, I think we're I think we're taught from an early age to have this armament on us. And that armament is to protect us from all these external forces, I guess, or unfortunately some of it is a breakdown of the family, some of it is a lack of spirituality. But the armament is what what we we're taught that that's okay. And it's really not okay. And what happens is I believe that society in America has taught us to kind of not rebel, not to push push back, but to kind of go along with the flow. Mm -hmm. And so underneath that armament is our true self. And so when I say find myself, I think I'm finding myself because I got to strip away the armament in order to be able to do it. And right. stripping away the armament, it's not easy. Now, when your mother dies when you're little, boy, that strips away the armament really quickly. I had a, I had a partner, a business partner, who never would have climbed a mountain. And what he said to me at when I was at 17,500 feet, which is really high, and it was br brutally cold, and I had lost 14 pounds, and I had blown out both of my knees and a pinched nerve in my neck, and I was going to get married in a couple of weeks. The things that really affect you are those things that, you know, make you look inside. And so the first night of the trip in Kilimanjaro, I woke up in the middle of the night to go, to the, to go outside, to go to the bathroom outside the tent, you know, and... Uh, as I go outside, literally like I'm looking at you, there's Venus staring at me. I mean, I could have grabbed Venus. I could have touched it because you were in Africa. You didn't have all the pollution. I was up at, at that point, probably 11,000 feet. And I'm staring at Venus for an hour. I mean, and it's brutally cold and I'm outside my tent and I ended up getting hypothermia. And you haven't been born to get hypothermia because you can't stop shaking. You can't, you can't. I couldn't go to the bathroom if I wanted to, which means now your whole system is shutting down. Oh, man. And I don't know whether this chocolate tribesman, Herman, who I just met that day, was up all night or he heard me get out of my tent, but he came into my tent. I mean, you gotta, you gotta like visualize this. Okay. He's one of a million chocolate tribesmen that lives at the base of Kilimanjaro outside of Tanzania. And he comes into my tent and he. Is fully clothed and I'm wrapped in everything I can find. And he has two thermoses, thermos things, hot. And he climbs into my sleeping bed on top of me. And he wraps himself around me to get rid of the cold. And he stayed with me all night. Wow. Um, and the next morning, I'm coming out of my tent. And all I wanted was the helicopter to come and pick me up and take me back down. And I had insurance to do that. Um, they're all sitting outside because each of the tribesmen are paid about 
$100 an expedition. That's what they get paid. Wow. Um, and then whatever you tip them. And they were all sitting there because they heard that I wanted the helicopter. And I wanted to get the F out off of the mountain because I, I, as miserable as I thought I was, there was nothing compared to how miserable I felt at that moment. <sighs> and they all looked at me and I said, I'll pay you all. Don't worry about your money. They said, no, we, you don't need to pay us. We just want you to be okay, Mr. Jimmy. And all I can tell you is every one of them sat there and I said, I'm not leaving this mountain. I'm going with you. And I gutted it out and I climbed the mountain. Man, can you imagine getting hypothermia on Mount Kilimanjaro, having your the blood vessels in your eyes burst? I, I just can't even think of what that must have been like. But that showed that he practices what he preaches. Mr. Gold seriously did it. it that's hard. And I'm not saying that you have to go climb Mount Kilimanjaro. If there's anything that you take away from this episode, though, it's that you have that outer layer and that it's action that's going to start stripping that away. Whether it's big action like Mr. Gould or just doing a little thing every day that makes you uncomfortable, that's going to slowly chip away at that outer layer and discover what's within. That's your purpose and your potential. I'll see you in another episode. You've been listening to the Living from the Inside Out podcast. Bye for now.